Dating seems to be hard. I've been talking with several people and we all come to the same conclusion that dating seems to be so complicated nowadays. Isn't that weird? As a matter of fact, I'm wondering with so many dating apps and so many opportunities to meet people in real life, we are not in the pandemic anymore, how come the majority is single? <laughs> what is going on? Well, from my perspective, I kind of enjoy the single life and I also talked about why it's better to be single. Um, however, it's not because I'm a sociopath or whatever, but because there's no one out there that I can say, yes, I can compromise my lovely single life to spend time with you. No. Actually, I was once on a date and this person told me in the very first minutes that he, being 33 years old, was living with his parents, was jobless, not even willing to look for a job, and he was repeatedly telling me that he was lost. I mean, come on, I left after 30 minutes. What would you do in my case? <laughs> Hi crew, welcome back to our community podcast and... Um, Today we are going to continue talking about The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. Yay! I read this book um, a year ago and honestly I revisit it from time to time to refresh my memory as it's so good. Robert Greene in this book, he is not only teaching us how to be seductive, he is mostly increasing our overall awareness in the seductive game by explaining us seductive characters, the seductive process, and also pointing out the anti-seducers. And you are many of them out there. Uh, For me, this is not a how-to book. Uh, I think it's more of an informative book to be aware, to distinguish those characters out there and who are trying either to seduce me uh, or who are the undisinducers so I can make better life choices. I'm telling you, this book is gold. You'll thank me, honestly. Because, you know, no one wants to be alone. We are programmed to be with others, to seek for love, for companionship. Yet, we are so lost, and we are, in this mating game that leads us to singleness and to loneliness. So if you actually want to learn more about how to improve this love life, stick with me and let's go through the art of seduction. And also I would literally suggest you buying the book or listening the book in uh, audiobook as well. There is, uh, I think it's available on Spotify. So do yourself a favor, read the book. Today, we are going to talk more about the seductive characters, the part two, as we also had a part one, a comment and a, a little bit around those and uh, share like some uh, perspectives as well. Listen to those characters and see if you identify with any of these or any of these characters remind you of someone who is acting like that. So you can better understand yourself, but also understand others. 
I mean, don't be biased, not because somebody's acting in a specific way, you're like, oh, you are this character or whatever. But question, you know, it's, it's always good to have a knowledge and be aware, but don't be biased and do not start putting labels to people. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, so, you know, at the end, um, seduction is a game, no matter whether we want to play it or not. So either we're going to be better or we are going to be played. <laughs> and trust me, no one wants to be played. So let's dive into the characters. So today we are continuing with the part two. And we went through last time through the Siren, the Rake, the Ideal Rover, the Dante, and I think we also did the Natural. So today we're going to talk about the Coquette, the Charmer, the charismatic and the star and we're going to talk a little bit about the anti-seducer however we're going to talk more about it in the next episode where we're going to talk also about the seductive process and the anti-seducer characters so let's talk about the coquette so the coquette the ability to delay satisfaction is the ultimate art of seduction. While waiting, the victim is held in thrall. Coquettes are the grandmasters of the game, orchestrating a back and forth movement between hope and frustration. They promise of reward, a hope and physical pleasure, happiness, fame by association, power, of all which, however, proves elusive. Yet, this only makes their targets pursue them the more. Imitate the alternative heat and coldness of the coquette and you will keep a seducer at your heels. So what's the coquette? The coquette basically is someone who is playing um, hot and cold. You know this person, you know, once they are like super into you and like, wow, um, giving you everything, you know, the, the, the fairy tale. And the next day they are cold AF, like they are distant. So it, coquettes are basically let's let us go to the keys of the character remember the essence of the coquette lies not in the tease and temptation but in the sequence of stepping back the coquette must first and foremost be able to excite the target of his or her attention the attraction can be sexual the lure of celebrity whatever it takes at the same time the coquette sends contrary signals, it's all this mixed signals kind of stuff, that stimulate contrary responses, plunging the victim into confusion. Remember, obvious flirting will reveal your intentions too clearly. Better be ambiguous and even contradictory, frustrating at the same time um, that, uh, what, that you stimulate. So basically, you know, we talked about this, coquettes, back and forth, ambiguous, not clear signals, mixed signals, 
Again, these are not my personal opinions. This is not me telling you what to do, right? Uh, this is more of me reading what the book says. And again, this is to increase your awareness because you, um, I bet you know someone who acts like this. I mean, we all know that person. We all, we all know a coquette, right? It's like this game, like I'm giving you a little bit of attention, then I'm taking it back and then I'm coming back again. So it's like the the world is full of people who try, people who impose themselves aggressively, you know. They may gain temporary victories, but the longer they are around, the more people want to confound them. They leave no space around themselves, and without space, there can be no seduction. So these are the coquettes. And also there are some dangers as well, like the coquette is the coquettes are facing. Coquettes, coquettes face an obvious danger. They play with volatile emotions. Every time the pendulum swings, love shifts to hate. So they must orchestrate everything carefully. Their absence cannot be too long. Their bouts of anger must be quickly followed by smiles. That is like you should like be able to recognize a coquette. I mean, this is like pretty much straightforward who the coquette is, because like, I think there are so many people out there that there are coquettes. Get over yourselves, <laughs> obviously joking. And uh, let's move to the next one, which is the charmer. Charm is seduction without sex. Charmers are consummate manipulators masking their cleverness by creating a mood of pleasure and comfort. Their method is simple. They deflect attention from themselves and focus it on their target. They understand your spirit, feeling your pain, adapt to your moods. In the presence of a charmer, you feel better about yourself. Learn to cast the charmer's spell by aiming at people's primary weaknesses, which are vanity and self-esteem. So who is the charmer? The charmer is, I mean, it's this person who can read you and uh, can empathize with you. The charmer is, as I said, like seduction without sell, uh, without sex. Um, they understand your pain. They empathize. They are um, an ear for you to talk and to be listened as well. It's a source of pleasure, you know. No one wants to hear about your problems and troubles, you know. But the the charmer wants. Um, they are there, an energetic presence is likewise more charming than lethargy, which hints at boredom and a normal social taboo. And elegance and style will usually win uh, over uh, vulgarity, since most people like to associate themselves with whatever they think elevated and cultured. The key to making your victims <laughs> feel comfortable is to mirror them, adapt to their moods. People are narcissists. I mean, we all are narcissists. And, you know, maybe some of us less, some of us more. 
and they are drawn to those most similar to themselves. Show calmness and self-possession in the face of adversity. Adversity and setbacks usually provide the perfect setting for charm. Showing a calm face is better than being aggressive. Never whine, never complain, never try to justify yourself. Make yourself useful. If done subtly, your ability to enhance the lives of others will be devilishly seductive. So that's actually, you know, I'm, I'm just reading like now who the charm is. Um, the charmer is exactly that person. They, it's not about physical intimacy to them. It's more about them being around, being um, someone you will call, you know, out of a sudden, somebody, maybe a best friend. So if you have like a girl or a guy best friend, that they are always there, they're listening to you, and um, they are also very charming. Well, that's that's a charm. That's a charm. So the art of the charm. First, they don't talk much about themselves, which heighten their mystery and distingu- distinguish their limitations. Second, they seem to be interested in us and their interest is so delightfully focused that we relax and open up to them. Finally, charmers are pleasant to be around. They have none of most people's ugly qualities like nagging, complaining and self-assertion. Time is the greatest weapon you have. Patiently keep in mind a long-term goal and and neither person or army can resist you. And charm is the best way of playing for time, of widening your options in any situation. However, the charm comes also with some dangers, right? There are are those who are immune to a charm. Yes, there are some people that are immune to a charm, particularly cynics, like myself, and confident types who do not need validation. These people tend to view charmers as slippery and deceitful and then can and they can make problems for you. The solution is to do what most charmers do by nature. Befriend and charm as many people as possible. Seduce your power through numbers and you will not have to worry about the few you cannot seduce. Um, can you identify as a charmer? Or can you actually think of somebody who is acting like a charmer? I can think of someone. And I know he's listening. <laughs> and with that, let's move to the charismatic. Charisma is a presence that excites us. It comes from an inner quality, self-confidence, sexual energy, sense of purpose, contentment. The most people that most people lack and want. This quality radiates onwards, permitting the gestures of charismatic, making them seem extraordinary and superior. They learn to heighten their, char- their charisma with a piercing gaze, fiercy oratory, 
on air of mystery, create the charismatic illusion by radiating intensity while remaining detached. So the charismatic is it's more of um, a presence that excites us. It's com- it comes from an inner quality, self-confidence, as we said, sexual energy, sense of purpose, etc., etc. They can seduce in the grand scale. Charismatics are almost like, um, I don't know, it's a movie uh, a star. Um, it's about being so naturally charismatic, as we say. They do not explain where the confidence or contempt comes from, but it can be felt by everyone. It radiates outward without the appearance of conscious effort. It's like they are naturally so confident. They are the people who enter the room and everybody turns their heads to see who they are. The face of the charismatic is usually animated, full of energy, desire, alertness, the look of a lover, one of one that is instantly appealing, um, very uh, sexual. And I actually know some people who are charismatic, people who have they are very animated when they are talking. They bring this incredible energy and sometimes sexual energy, but without them trying at all. You know these people that they enter a room, everybody's looking at them, or they are at the party, and everybody wants to talk to them, and somehow they are like a people magnet. So the followings are the basic qualities that will help create the illusion of the charisma. Purpose. If people believe you have a plan, that you know where you are going, they will follow you instinctively. The direction does does not matter. Pick a cause, an idea, and vision, and show that you will not sway from your goal. On the other spectrum, a charismatic can also be a cult leader. I don't know. I think like... Um, there are also some cult leaders that are so charismatic that people are following them blindly. Mystery. Also, by the way, Robert Greene is talking about cult leadership and people who are using the charismatic um, strategies to lure people in. So, and again, this book's about increasing your awareness more than uh, teaching you how to manipulate people. Do not go in that direction. You're better than that. So, mystery. Mystery lies at charisma's heart, but it's a particular kind of mystery, a mystery expressed by contradiction. Since most people are predictable, the effect of this contradiction is devastatingly charismatic. Saintliness. Most of us compromise constantly to survive. Saints do not. They must leave out their ideas without caring about the consequences. Theatricality. A charismatic charismatic is larger than life, has extra presence. Actors have studied this kind of presence for centuries. They know how to stand on a crowded stage and command attention. So, you know, it's also theatrical. Um, and then let's go to 
vulnerability, charismatic, they display a need for love and affection. Adventurousness, charismatics are unconventional. They have an air of adventure and risk that attracts the board. Be brave and courageous in your actions. Be seen taking risks for the good of others. Magnetism. If any physical attribute is crucial in seduction, it is the eyes. And yes, I totally agree with that. They reveal excitement, tension, detachment without a word being spoken. The demeanor of charismatics may be poised and calm, but their eyes are magnetic. They have a piercing gaze that disturbs their target's emotions, exerting force without words or action. I mean, the charismatic, they have this, this magnetic look that you know when they look at you that you cannot avoid that. You kind of feel um, the energy in your spine and um, maybe you have goosebumps. Yeah. See, see, see for yourself. Like you know, you. I'm definitely sure that you're not charismatic, or you are a charismatic. See how others um, react to your presence. Maybe you are the charismatic in your group. All of these skills, uh, all of these skills, though, are acquirable. Practice the effect you desire. Do not apologize or go halfway. You know, the more. Um, unbridled you seem, the more magnetic the effect. Believe it or not, a plain-looking man or woman with a clear vision, a quality of single mindsets and practical skills can be devastatingly charismatic, provided it's, uh, provided it's matching with some uh, success. Never underestimate the power of success in enchanting one's aura. That is the appearance that you want. You do not need anything or anyone. You are fulfilled. That's the charismatic aura. The less obvious you are, the better. Let people conclude that you are happy rather than hearing it from you. Let them see it in your unheard manner, your gentle smile, your ease and comfort. Remember, being aloof and distant only stimulates the effect. People will fight for the, slightness, for the slightest sign of your interest. So don't always be so available. You know what I mean? However, there are some dangers too. Psychologists talk about the erotic fatigue, the moments after love in which you feel tired of it, restful, Reality creeps in, love turns to hate. Erotic fatigue is a threat to all charismatics. The only defense is to master your charisma. The better kind of charisma is created con consciously and kept under control. Remember, charisma depends on success. And the best way to maintain success after the initial charismatic rush is to be practical and even cautious. Finally, there is nothing more dangerous than succeeding 
to be charismatic. They miss their insp- they miss their inspire and blame the successor. Avoid the situation at all cost. It is unavoidable. Do not try to continue that the charismatic what the charismatic started. Go in a new direction. Basically, do not copy another charismatic <laughs> because it's like getting in um, somebody else's shoes, a greater man's shoes, okay. sort of thing. And with that, let's go to the last seductive character, which is the star. <laughs> Daily life is harsh, and most of us constantly seek escape from it in the fantasies and dreams. Stars feed on this weakness, standing out from their others through a distinctive and appealing style. They make us want to watch them. At the same time, they are vague and ethereal, keeping their distance and letting us imagine more than it is. Their dreamlike quality works on our unconscious. Learn to become an object of fascination by projecting the glittering by elusive presence of the star. You know the star. The star is someone who is bright and shine, however distant, and it's full of mystery and not approachable. (laughs) The stars is like the movie stars. So there are some keys to the character. First, you must have such a large presence that you can feel your target's mind the way a close-up feels the screen. You must have a style or presence that makes you stand out from everybody else. Second, cultivate a blank, mysterious face, the center that radiates starness. This allows people to read into whatever they want to, imagining they can see your character, even your soul. Star makes us want to know more about them. You must learn to steer people's curiosity by letting them glimpse something in your private life with uh, something that seems to reveal an element of your personality. Let them fantasize and imagine. A trait that often triggers these reactions is a hint of spirituality which can be devilishly seductive. Like James Dean, interest in Eastern philosophy and the occult. Hints of goodness and big-heartedness can also have a similar effect. The things you love, people, hobbies, animals, reveal the kind of moral beauty that people like to see in a star. Exploit this desire by showing people peaks of your private life. The cause you fight for, the person you are in love with for the moment. However, remember, everyone is a public performer. People never know exactly what you think or feel. They judge you only peer, only on your appearance. So that's the keys to the character of a star. But there are also some dangers. Like personally, I don't know anyone who is who has these characteristics of being a star. Uh, maybe I am the one. 
<laughs> no. Um, however, there are also some dangers. Stars create illusions that they are pleasurable to see. The danger is that people tire of them. The illusion no longer fascinates and turn to another star. You must keep all eyes on you. Like uh, Tupac, all eyes on me. Do not worry about notoriety or about slurs on your image. We are remarkably forgiving of our stars. So these were the seductive characters um, and yeah, again, listen to those characters, read the book. Uh, the, actually the book has some incredible stories that explain in details exactly how these, star, how these characters um, are uh, portrayed in, in the real life. And it's so uh, great to see like from um, historical figures that Robert Greene uses and uh, um, many famous people that he also writes his stories. It's incredible to see some of these characteristics and be like, oh my God, yeah, that's what they were doing. But again, like don't make assumptions immediately and be like, oh, I know this person and then they are acting like a coquette or a charmer or a charismatic or a star or whatever. Just be aware we all kind of have kind of mixed characteristics of these seductive characters, but also we also have, have some anti-seductive characters. So let's have a short preview to the anti-seducer, which I said we can talk more about these anti-seducers in the next episode, because I think it's so important to know things that are not working. Um, and also why we are not attracted to some people because they are anti-seducers. The anti-seducer. Seducer draw you in the, in the focused... In the, uh, wait, right, I apologize for that. Um, seducer draw you in the focused... in um, their, their attention. Anti-seducers are the opposite. Insecure self-absorbed and unable to gas the psychology of another person they literally repel and the seducers have no self-awareness and never realize uh, when they are imposing talking too much or whatever root out and the seductive qualities in yourself and recognize them in others there is no pleasure or profit in dealing with the anti-seducers, okay. Anti-seducers, they are the opposite of seducting. They are these people who, you know them, like the person who doesn't, op who doesn't offer to open the door for you, like something minor like that, or the person who is talking too much and is not listening to you, the person who is only talking about themselves and is not asking about how your day was. The person who is not willing to pay on the first date. Yep, I said that. That is not seductive. And the seducers come in many shapes and kinds, but, all, but almost all of them share a single attribute. The source of their repellence. Insecurity. An anti-seducer 
is someone who is insecure. And there's nothing less sexy by a per- like from a person who is insecure. Insecurity kills everything. Your career, your love life, um, the relationship with yourself. Insecurity, I think, is the biggest uh, element that we need to remove from our lives. Stamp, uh, they are are also uh, ungenerous and uh, they are, um, yeah, they're they're anti-seducers. And there are several types of them which we are going to talk about the next episode and honestly, you want you want to hear that about the under seducers so i think today that was it folks i hope you learned something new and come next time to talk more about uh, the seductive process and how can you be seductive i will leave you with one and only question to ask yourself How will a partner make your life more fulfilling at this point? In other words, why exactly do you want to be in a relationship? And no, the fear of dying alone is not a valid answer. Before you force yourself or somebody else in a relationship, make it clear why you need one. Kisses and see you next time. Ciao.